As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Basley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Uh, Luke quit the pod. Jay quit the pod. It's the... uh, No, Luke quit the pod. (coughs) Jay got fired. That's right. It's the uh, Slam Through and Tayshawn show. Uh, Tayshawn. Just the two of us. (laughs) We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Okay. I didn't know how long we were going to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> When's the last time it was just you and I? Probably a COVID pod. Well, we do, we, we've we done podcasts with just you and me over yeah. over the yard. That's true. Know, yeah. Over StreamYard. But not, not I don't in know, person I, ever, maybe. I'm sure it has. We've yeah. done. It's been too long. We've done literally more than a thousand podcasts. So it's yeah. probably been this way before. That's true. You true. Uh, so we had Thunder News drop this week. Uh, including the the Chip England news, Chip England. Yep, that's big news. What are your thoughts on the Chip England hiring? I love it. I think it's like, you know, something that the Thunder... And I get... Okay, let me start over. The Thunder have this reputation in, their, in my mind mm-hmm. that they're not really about, like, hiring the big... Name coaches, big name staff. They hired Mark Degnall, and nobody, and still nobody knows who he is. Yeah, and it's, he's been coaching them for two years, right? But like the Billy Donovan thing, I remember when that was when we were talking about that. I yeah. thought there's no way that's going to happen because a big name college coach is not going to be the Thunder coach. Like, yeah, we just, I just have that way of thinking about them, you know. So <laughs> then when you get these two guys that come in, and Sam Hinkie's tweeting about Rosman. Yeah, and then all these people are talking about Chip England, and 
it's kind of it's it feels strange yeah it feels strange it does feel strange the chip one feels especially strange yeah that like yeah all these years what has been the thing that has plagued the thunder the most i know <clears throat> it's that they don't have they have guys that don't shoot and now they're obviously and it's you now hate, they might have guys that don't shoot but they might get better yeah you hate to say they, they haven't prioritized shooting because I think that if you know you had a chance to talk to like Sam or somebody, they would tell you all the ways that they did prioritize mm-hmm. it. But this is just such like a forward facing way to prioritize yeah. it that it it just like could not be ignored. Mm-hmm. Also, the way his name is spelled, England, um, reminded me of that scene from Austin Powers. <laughs> I'm going to try to play it here. I don't have it plugged in on my computer, but I have it on my phone here. That's good. Call the president. Sir. Prepare the jet. Bring my overnight bag. And, uh, Phillips, eat my fish. Not too much. I'm off to London, England. (laughs) That was the first thing I thought whenever I thought of Chip England. England. He's like double L spelling. Um... Maybe maybe my thing I'll go out the con- go around the concourse of the Thunder Games and ask them to spell Chip England's name. That's a good idea. No one will get it right. Will anybody get the double L? Probably the not. The E and the double L is a big is a big Yeah. One. How much um So a tweet came I'm not gonna talk about it, but a tweet <laughs> came up and we were talking about it in the podcast text, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And basically there's this idea that these these big execs you know they're here now. Chip England, Rosman. Mm-hmm. There's guys at Thunder are trying to build it. They're trying to build something serious organizationally and mm-hmm. the product on the floor. Mm-hmm. What kind of money are we talking about with these guys? Do we have any idea? I have no clue. Like a shooting coach that has that name, like what the most valued shooting coach in the league? He's got to be the highest. Staff? He has to be the highest paid assistant coach on the team. He's got to be right. He would have to be. Yeah. Um, and then Rosman is, I mean, he's a, he's a VP now. He's basically like their director of scouting mm-hmm. is is what his title essentially is. Um, but it is not, what is his literal title? It's of in, intelligence and something else. In, fu- in future sequences. It's, it is, well, and they, they actually filled, oh, I cannot get this. I cannot get that to stop. Um, it is the identification and intelligence. Mm. Yeah. VP of identification and intelligence. Mm. So, and it's a position that they had previously had filled. Um, so this is not like a, a new position that they're creating for him. This was a position that um, was held by Will Dawkins mm. two years ago. Okay. And they promoted Will Dawkins to VP of basketball ops. Um, so this is, and that's what he did. He, he was a, the, the Sixers draft guy. I've, I've had people reach out to me about that know him well. And they're like, Oh, you're going to really love yeah. Vince. Like he's the best. Um, so Adam Sandler plays Vince. At, he's the character yeah, he's Vince kind of the, in the movie. Yes. He's kind of the Vince Rosman of the <laughs> Sixers. Um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, they're paying these guys a lot, but these are also two guys that you kind of have to think of as 
like very loyal people because mm-hmm. Vince Rosman was with the Sixers through like six GMs or even maybe even seven GMs, which is a lot. Like most guys don't survive that number one. Yeah, I, I like tells you the kind of worker and the kind of person that he is. But and then two, like he's loyal, like has been loyal, and the Thunder value that a lot. They want people that are going to be here for the long haul. I think that's part of like why they hired Mark. Like Mark has been with the organization for a long time, mm. even before he became the head coach. And I th- I think the hope is that he. Um, that Mark is here for a long, long time that he develops as a, as a coach and kind of grows into the position. And, um, so yeah, and they've got guys that have been around the league for a long time, but just been with one organization. That's a big deal Mm -hmm. to them. And they hope to have those guys around for a long time. So yeah, no, I I think it's great. I think it's awesome. It is exciting (laughs) when you're really into the team. Hires like this excite you fifty uh, percent of like yeah a, a, a big name player the, Ro- the Rosman one gonna, is like whatever like yeah. how are we really going to know the impact right. he's going to have he was like credited with drafting Tyrese Maxey which mm-hmm. is good but still it's still a shot in the dark yeah. as to if these guys are going to be great in the twenties and maybe maybe Vince Rosman helps them find the next great Thunder player. In the next like two or three drafts, and if he does, great hire. If they just draft normally, it's like what like we don't know like what Vince really did, and we may not know. Yeah, you know, because he's not going to be a forward facing person in the organization. You know, like really the only forward facing person in the organization is Sam, Sam. You know, and like everything just kind of funnels through him, where like success and failure falls on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just the way that it's set up, and that's okay. Uh, but it's it's cool knowing like they have good people in the background, you know, helping yeah. and scouting and doing all that for them. But yeah, the chip one is it's so significant. It it allows your your fan brain to go to places that you never it's thought existed. It's a dangerous area in it, my mind. It kind of is. Yeah. Because he was just like, yeah, Lou Dort's 40% three-point shooter now, right? Who's the most important guy? I would, it's probably Giddy. It's if Giddy. Giddy gets to 37. If Giddy gets to 35, yeah. then it's just like a, a guy that you're like, okay, we have to close out on Josh Giddy. Yeah. Jeez. That changes everything. It really does. It changes absolutely everything. Does Giddy's shooting improving change how you think of giddy and shay's roles next to each other yeah without a doubt because if you don't have to guard giddy Mm -hmm. and you only have to guard him when the ball's in his hands it makes things like way more complicated because you want the ball in shay's hands you know or you want it it's already complicated yeah (laughs) but it's more complicated if he can't shoot Mm -hmm. and we haven't had to even think about the issues this team would have in the playoffs yet but they would have massive issues with Josh Giddy in the playoffs if he is like the player he is now going into the playoffs. Like they would have big time issues mm-hmm. with him. You know, Chris Paul turn around disrespectfully, right. not guarding him issues. And if he just becomes a passable shooter, you know, it's a huge deal. I mean, you look at like Tony Parker, like Tony Parker was never a great shooter. 
he was a career 32% from three. But in his time at San Antonio, like he had years where he shot 42% from three and 37, 35. Um, if he could just do that. Yeah. You know, well, even in the mid range, I mean, Tony Parker killed people with mid range. True. Yeah. You know, and Josh Giddy is one is he could just get to wherever he is on the floor. Mm-hmm. So even even mid range jumpers for a guy like Josh Giddy would change a lot, would change a lot for him. Yeah. You know, maybe that's step one. When you get when you're in the middle and you get to a spot and you have a pull up, can you hit that? Yeah. You know, threes. OK, we'll take them when we get them. He's got to hit threes. He has to hit threes. I know. If you're, I mean, if you're, if you're a guard or a wing, you got to hit threes. Yeah. Who's next after Giddy? Most important. I mean, honestly, if I were to make a ranking, I would put Shea next. Okay. But you don't trust Shea's shooting. I mean, do. You, I mean, last wh- year was kind of what was he last year? Thirty-two. No, he was thirty. Oh, really? Yeah. But the, he had a, like a close to a 40 year, right? He was 41% the previous year. He's yeah. a career 34.8% three-point okay, shooter. Okay, maybe he could get some more. And but that's, that's also like a lot of pull-up threes, though. That's a lot of off-the-dribble threes. Yeah, and it's a lot of like double-team, like yeah. taking bad shots at the end of the shot clock. I mean, we, Mark, we talked to Mark about it. Mark said he's really closer to like a 35% three-point shooter on catch-and-shoot, so... Like the concern isn't as bad for them, but still, you we have to also factor in the 2020 2021 season was a no fan season, mm-hmm. and that's when he shot had this outlier outlier shooting year in an outlier NBA year. Yeah, and so a lot of people talk about like the bubble, and it's like oh the bubble doesn't count. But like so, what about this? You know? Yeah. Like the forty-one percent from three could be his like bubble number, and he's to me he's probably closer to like a thirty-five percent three-point shooter. If he can bump that to thirty-eight, yeah, then you're talking a guy that can't. Like everybody talks about Shea as if he's already like a top fifteen player, he's really not. He's probably closer to like a top twenty-five player, top thirty player to some, depending on who you ask. And like the things that he the couple things he needs to do is like play more games and then he needs to shoot it better. Mm-hmm. And if he can do that, I mean, we're talking like a great player. Like he could be a really great player. So yeah, he, to me he's number 2. Like okay. if you got if you had good shooting from Shea and Giddy, it changes everything everything yeah. from where this team goes. But if like Josh is a non-shooter and Shea is just like an okay shooter, then where are we going? Yeah, and Chet's shot looks good, but we just don't have a good sample size. We have no idea what that percentage yeah. is actually going to be. Yeah, I think he's going to be a good shooter. I mean, he's probably number three. Like you just have to prioritize like your big stars. Yeah. And then I mean Dort Dort being shooting thirty-seven percent from three. Would be huge too. It would be insane. There's, it's basically every guy on this team. If they can just shoot, I know. If Dort league if Dort, average from three, yeah. How much better would you feel about this team if if Lou Dort was a thirty seven percent three point shooter? Oh my god, it would it would change how I think about Dort entirely. <laughs> His contract would look minuscule. Amazing, you yes. know. Yeah. Like now it's like oh, it's okay. 
does he really fit on this team? And the the only reason that he doesn't quote unquote really fit on this team is because he's not a shooter. Mm-hmm. And if you could change that, it yeah. would open up quite a bit. Like if you had to close out to Lou, it would open up a lot because you already have a guy in Shea that has gravity, a guy in Chet that has gravity. And if Lou Dort somehow became this like mini planet with gravity. Wow. It would be pretty amazing. A Pluto or a little closer than Pluto? No, no, no. I mean, if Shea is uh, Jupiter yeah. and Giddy is Saturn. Right. And I was, maybe Chet's Saturn. Yeah, Chet's Sat- Chet feels Saturn. Giddy is... Giddy kind of feels like a, a Mars to me. Wow. That's yeah. uh, smaller than Earth. Well... That's kind of the gravity that he has. Yeah, as right far now. as gravity, yeah, he may be more of a Mercury guy. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he can get there. <laughs> I think we hope he can be. Uh, have, we should, we have, should rank players by planet based yeah. on how much gravity they have. Yeah, exactly. Who's the sun in the NBA? Steph. Steph yeah. is the sun. Steph is the sun. He's got the most gravity. He's pulling it all together. I, Steph, I mean, like defense is just. They try to rotate around him. Yeah. They do. <laughs> I, we need to work on this. And he's he's a flamethrower. He's a big ball of fire. He is, yeah. He can get hot and uh, quickly. <laughs> he's always hot. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll work on that one and get back to you. Yeah, we'll, work on, we'll work on the, uh, the planet bit when we uh, have more time. Um, I mean... And then obviously guys like Usman like Usman Jang and JRE, like they could definitely use some help. And Poku could always use help. But this is oh my god. Who's most excited about Chip England being hired? Hmm. Most excited. I I think it's gotta be Josh. Yeah, I could see that. I think it's Josh. I think Josh wants to be a really great player. Mm-hmm. And no, like he knows that the three-point shot is standing in his way. And if Chip can Kawhi Leonard, Josh Giddy. Oh my you know, God! I know. I it, it didn't feel right whenever I was saying it, but Kawhi was is a thirty. I think is a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter for his career. That's that is crazy. And the reason that he fell to fifteen was like he's a outstanding defensive player but he just can't shoot it yeah. at all yeah and out the gate he was able to shoot it because of like some stuff that chip told him so he just has the magic huh we're about to find out Kawhi is also such a robot that it's like if you input the right data exactly. into his computer then it'll it's just gonna work from now on yes that's exactly right. Yeah. Kawhi at San Diego State shot in his freshman year 20% from three and his sophomore year 29% from three. He was a 72% from the free throw line guy his freshman year and 75% his sophomore year. So that says something about him mm-hmm. his sophomore year he was 15 and a half points per game 10 boards two and a half assists a steal half a block only one steal and half a block that's still pretty sick 
15, 10, and almost and two and a half assists. It is, but you just think a guy like that in college would just rip everyone. Yeah, you would think. I mean, 1.4 steals isn't nothing. No. He just didn't get that many blocks. He should have been better. He could have been better in college, though. I'll always hold that over him. Only 45 career blocks in Loser. college. That's why you fell. Well, how many, how many blocks does he average in the NBA per game? Mm-hmm. Are you asking me? For his career, yeah. For his career? I'm going to say 0. 0.9. 0. 0.6. Really? What, steals are over one and a half, though, right? 1.8 Yeah, steals. His fourth season in the league, he averaged 2.3 steals per game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's only one season. No, two seasons. He's averaged one block a game. Hmm. When he was 24 and then when he was 26. But when he was 26, it's only nine games because he got hurt. Mm. So pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, I have a question. Yes. Thunder drafted Chet Holmgren. We both believe what? We both believe he's a center. Yes. Yes, center. Unless center for now, center this year <laughs> until Victor comes next year. Yes, and he's on the team. I've been watching a lot. Is he the, is he a center though? Who? Victor? Yeah. Maybe you don't call them centers anymore. You just they're both on the floor. Yeah. And this is I know he's the biggest guy, but. There's also like part of me that's like, man, is he just not a forward? I've just thought that when I watched I mean, him. defensively, though, he seems to be a center. Yeah. So does Chet, though. They do. Two centers. Let's just have two centers. Twin Towers. No. Thin Towers. That's the true Thin Towers. Yeah, that's the if true we're gonna Thin do Towers. It, yeah. yeah. Still uncomfortable with the name. So. And when I, it's playing off. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was thinking, <laughs> what does Chet have to do to become the greatest center in franchise history? Not much. Let's go through the top. You have a list, right? I have some honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moses Brown, who you may laugh at Moses Brown. I don't even get I don't even laugh. I felt no emotion when you said that. But Moses Brown averaged 8.6 points per game, 8.9 rebounds. And a block per game. Wow. You still would not think of... I didn't even think of him when I think about Thunder Center. Yeah. He doesn't count. Um, Mike Muscala. He shoots the ball pretty good. Yeah. Um, definitely not. Cole Aldrich. Honorable no. mention. Cigar. Um, Cole Aldrich. You want to guess his career averages? No. Two. The height of his powers with the Thunder, he was averaging two points, mm-hmm. 1.8 rebounds, 0.6 He never played, game. though. He never played. Yeah, he played six minutes a game that yeah. year. Now, if you extrapolate that to per 100%, I'm just kidding. Um, Mitch McGarry. Oh, he had the honorable chance. mention. He had he had the goods. If he wanted to be the greatest center of all time, he could have been. He he could be number one on this list if he had. Let's say he kept his talent, but he just had Cole Aldrich's like personality. Yeah. Oh, he would have been. I think he had a really good chance to be number one or number two on this list mm-hmm. because he was really fun. 
Before Chet, like, just skill, he is the best center. He's the most skillful center that we've ever yeah. had. Per 36 minutes, which is a horrible stat for a situation like this, but I'm going to mm-hmm. use it anyways. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Because it's July 29th. His rookie year, <clears throat> per 36, 15 points, 12 boards, an assist, a steal, and a block. Yeah, that's... I mean, you could just watch him. He was one of those guys, you just watch him play, and that guy's really, really good. He, he could handle a little bit. He could pass he could it a pass. little bit. He's an outstanding rebounder. He could score. He had great touch. Yeah. But he was... Is he... A nutbag? Is that what you call Is he people? the number one nutbag of the Thunder <laughs> of Thunder history? No. You have Robert Swift in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's like I feel like he's in a different category though. Yeah. Like not dangerous and violent. I was just gonna say like lawbreaker. Oh. You know. Yeah. You could say that. Uh, Robert Swift was Ma- McGarry, criminal. Yeah, he's a criminal. McGarry's pretty harmless. Yeah, I think so. I got I I I would never trust Mitch McGarry to do much for me, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to try to hurt anybody. We all knew a Mitch McGarry in high school. Oh yeah. You know, we there all were, knew that. There were several. Yeah. At North. Lots oh, yeah. of there were Mitch McGarrys just floating just around everywhere. everywhere. I know. Um that was the first Thunder player that Luke and I spoke to outside of a press conference. This, Luke went with me. Yeah. Um to media day. And we both stopped and talked to Mitch McGarry How and got him it? to do the intro. He was super nice mm-hmm. and just like, oh, yeah, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you like interact with him, he acts like he had just woken up, you know. Oh, whoa. Oh, hey, oh, <laughs> whoa. Uh. Uh, no, he's great. Um, Hashim Thabit, honorable mention. Uh, that's a good honorable mention. I have a lot of respect for uh, Thabit. So. He's he's probably number one in honorable mentions so far for me. You know, the Thunder was the last franchise he played games for. Really? Yeah. I, I will say this. He was not bad here. Actually, I would say he was good in the role that he played. Here. Yeah, his first year, he was not bad per 100 possessions, um, which you should never use <laughs> under any circumstances, especially on a podcast. But we're going to use it because it's... Almost August. 10, 13, and four blocks a game. He was great. So he, if they just gave him 100 possessions. They should have. That's what would have happened. Yeah. I feel a little bad for the beat. If the beat was just drafted where he should have been at like 24, like no one has any feelings about the beat. Actually, I think you'd have positive feelings about that. Yeah, you probably would. And he probably wouldn't have been put in positions to absolutely fail. Right. You know, he would have yeah. started as like a backup center and like he could have been Boban. And like Boban's like way more skilled than Thabit ever dreamed of being. But like you could have similar feelings. Yeah, he could have been the center that just comes in and <clears throat> you just say, hey, go get blocks and rebounds. And he would do it and he'd be great and he'd be a crowd favorite because yeah. he'd tweet in all caps. <laughs> tweet in all caps. Right, the beat was a giant seven foot three. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Uh, okay, getting into the real players. What about I? Maybe Sabona should even be honorable mention just because he was only here a year, but he did play on this team. He put up some stats. 
He didn't play. I mean, he only played power forward for us. Here's you can't put him on the real list because if we're talking greatest centers of OKC franchise history, I know he shot. You've got to have some, yeah, some years. He's an honorable mention then. Yeah. So honorable mention, Demonis Sabonis. He averaged six points, three boards, one assist per game. He only he shot thirty nine percent from the field that year. That is surprising. He's shot 50% from the field in every other season. Yeah. 50 or more. He almost shot 60% in 1819. That was Russ's fault that year, though. Moving um, on. It was absolutely Russell Westbrook's fault. He was mortified to play with Russell Westbrook that year, which a lot of people were. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a yeah, honorable mention. Okay, real one. Ennis Cantor. Yeah. He is number three on the list. Number three, huh? Yeah. You're putting him above uh, Nanad. I guess Nanad should... Is Nanad... Does he belong on the honorable mention then? He does. I don't... Who? Nanad? Yeah. Or should he be number four? I think he should be on the list. Because he has history. Yeah. Like, there's history with Kerstich. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just like the amount of uh, hoops the Thunder had to jump through to get him from Russia to the United States is, like, pretty wild. It's cool. Um, but, yeah, Nenad Kristich, in his first year with the Thunder, he had nine points, five and a half boards, half an assist, half a steal, one block per game. Great job. 46% from the field. He's a guy that you feel like if he was in the NBA today, he would shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yes, definitely. He took that uh, LaMarcus Aldridge two-point shot. A bunch he did there's just a, i remember because he was the center during that first like era of young russell westbrook and kd yeah, yeah. so i don't know he holds a special place in my heart yeah yeah can i even search for ennis cantor on basketball reference why is this not working oh it is it's freedom. like straight up as freedom in here now yeah. you can't even search for it. you should be able to search for it though i don't know it's not his name i mean he has only been in his freedom for 35 games of his career of his that's his name now 800 game career is it ron artest or meta world peace i mean you should be able to i mean i would just argue and it's not even wrong it's not even meta world peace anymore it's something else right but it is meta world peace and in basketball reference i just think you should be able to search for it Mm -hmm. and it come up as ns freedom even though you're typing canter you know what i mean probably right Send an email. <sighs> Send an email to a basketball reference. I need to. Um, so remember when they traded for Cantor? We had like Brooke Lopez, you know, aspirations. We thought that's what was happening. Everybody thought that's what was happening. It was trade deadline. We were watching ESPN. I thought it was Brooke Lopez. We were totally locked in on the Brooke Lopez for Reggie Jackson swap. And then at the last minute, they trade for Ennis Cantor. And it felt disappointing. Mm-hmm. And then we had to do this dance where we're trying to talk ourselves into Cantor over the years. They ended up paying him like the $17 million contract where it was a big overpay. Like they're paying Dort that today, but it's not it's not anywhere close to what it felt like for Cantor. No, especially then. when you knew he was gonna be a backup center. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or was there not... Am I misremembering this? Like, was there not a time when we thought 
okay, Ennis isn't really the backup. They just have a center rotation. It's kind of like co-center between Ennis and Steve. Yeah, it was. He felt like the backup. Okay. Steven definitely felt like the starter. Um, when he was so he was traded to the Thunder. It was during like that horrific season where everybody's out and hurt. Like Russ came back at the end of the season. I have like very vague memories of this. But here's Ennis Cantor's in his 26 games after the trade deadline. Here are his averages. 18 points, 11 boards, an assist, half a block, half a steal. Yeah, he was he was so good. I remember really noticing him because he was easily the best offensive big guy. Crazy we'd touch. Ever had. Crazy yeah. touch around the rim. Out just an insane offensive rebounder. Yeah. He just could not defend. That was you know, the only thing. Man. It was the thing. And if he could a- defend. That may have changed his trajectory on his life today. He would, he might still be the starting center for the Utah Jazz because wow. he might be, he would be one of the best centers in the NBA. Yeah. Still today. Because Ennis is only, he's only 29. Ennis was a bucket, man. He was a bucket. He was. I had forgotten that he was 18 and 11. I don't remember it being like that. 18 and 11. We just had too many NBA smart guys in our ears telling us about his defense. Yeah, we did. We still lo- we loved him though. I mean, there was two or three years there with Ennis that he was really fun. One of my the greatest moments in our podcast history involved mm-hmm. Ennis. Which one? It was after his first season here. It was I stopped Stephen Adams in the hallway at media day to get him to do the intro, and Ennis walked by, and Stephen grabs him by the jersey and pulls him over and says, "Do this with me." Oh yes. And then they did like the legendary. That's true. You know, saying that this is Stephen Adams, and then Ennis goes, and this is Kevin Durant. Yeah. It was so great. It was so funny. Uh, shout out to Ennis Cantor. He he is truly a, a gem. Yes, and maybe the more I talk about him, the more I just want to put him higher on the list. But I don't know if I can. You can't. Uh, number two, Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. Uh, the numbers are not impressive, but that was never the point of Kendrick Perkins. He was brought to this team to be an enforcer and to be an answer for the Spurs and the Lakers and the Grizzlies, and a lot of people dog on perk because he was part of the reason that we couldn't compete against Miami. Mm -hmm. He was part of the reason why, uh, this seems like rotations became, um, prehistoric basically when competing against the warriors. I Uh, can blame Scott Brooks more than Perkins for that though. Yeah, I agree. You know, one of his nicknames, Uh, you know, his daddy delish. He has two nicknames on basketball reference. One of them is Perk. Okay. The other one is Swamp Thang. Swamp Thang? Yeah. That must I've, be early. I've never heard anybody call him Swamp Thang. Uh, his first season with the Thunder, he averaged five points and eight rebounds per game. Did not care about his point scoring that much back then. That was, All I remember is... That was the most points he scored ever in his career with the thunder yeah five i do remember when we got him i was so excited because i was like oh my god this is the guy that people say 
him being hurt in game seven of the finals was why the Lakers won that series, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is exactly the guy. Because you're coming off of Nanad, basically, who was yeah. defensively nothing. Was well, it was Nanad and Jeff Green. And Jeff Green. And like, those are, that's your front line. Yeah. And I was like, we have the softest front line in the NBA. Yep. And that changed pretty quickly when it, it did. Be, when it became Perk and Surge. It did. That was a big deal. And he did actually change the mentality of this team. Yeah, he did. I mean, they got tougher. They did. Yeah, they... And also, we're learning now through, like, the personality issues of the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden players that they really kind of needed a personality like Kendrick Perkins in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin Durant is not a leader, you know? And, like, openly doesn't want to be the leader of a team. He says he's not a vocal leader, but yeah. he leads with his game. Yeah. You need and that's great. You need both. You need yeah. a vocal leader and you need somebody that's going to lead by example. Yeah. And he's the best player on the team, but you do need guys that are going to lead with their voice. Perk did that. Um He he was a, f- a fun player while he was here. He was a necessary piece to what could have I mean, they could have won a championship. There were there were just things that went against them. They had like the Serge Ibaka injury, um, Russell, yeah, Westbrook, Russell Westbrook injury. injury. Like they just had things that went against them to where, like they could have definitely won. You know, with Perk there, it was just they had some bad luck. Yeah, Perk is kind of like uh, I know everyone dogs on Perk now. Yeah, Perk was good for this team. He was good. He was good. Uh, Number one center in franchise history has to be Steven Adams. Yeah. yeah. He n- never put up crazy stats. So in the 17-18 season, uh, maybe 18-19, 18-19, he was almost 14 points, nine and a half boards, one and a half, ste- one and a half steals, one and a half assists, and a block per game. Like That's pretty good. That's really good. That's pretty good. That's better than what I remembered. Um yeah, that's a really good player. And then it kind of went down from there. But he he had a couple of really good seasons. And you would have thought, really, I mean, he was 24 and 25 when he put up those stats. Mm-hmm. You really can project, like, guys usually just get better. But Steven, like, would, like, he just didn't care that his body was getting destroyed. And that has been, like, the downfall of Steven Adams is that he plays hurt all the time he gets hurt all the time because he's just like so so physical Mm -hmm. and that was his calling card from like day one you know they they beat memphis in that playoff series large i mean steven was such a huge part of it and he was a rookie you know he's a 20 year old rookie and you know do they get past memphis if zach randolph doesn't punch steven in the face Probably not. You know, like there's a chance they don't. Yeah. Like that is a big failure. Here's the thing about Steve too. He obviously is very, very skilled, but offensively he's very, very skilled too. Yeah. He just did not care about scoring. And he said that. He's like, I do not care about scoring. So true. And there were times when, you know, that's kind of admirable and respectable. Mm-hmm. But there were times that it was very frustrating with him where it's mm-hmm. like, please care about scoring right now because that is what you need to do right now. Yep. We know you can do it. You have great touch. 
if you were just more aggressive. Mm-hmm. That's like what we would get mad about with him was be more offensively aggressive. Yeah. And he won't be. He and never he will be. be. No. Yeah. Even even you Memphis fans that you're seeing him shoot corner threes now and yeah. like don't fall for it. Nope. Not happening. We already it's, saw it. It's not gonna happen. Remember there was a preseason game, the very first play of the game. Oh my gosh. Steven open in the corner. Swishes it. And I just saw a video this summer of him shooting threes and he's swishing everything and like we had already we had always known that about Steven though. He yeah. was a good jump shooter. Oh, we had been hearing for years. Just wait. Steven's yeah. going to shoot corner threes. Steven's going to shoot corner threes. But it's just some inside info. It's him that would not allow himself to take those yes. shots sometimes. He yeah. said, I'm not bringing anything to the game unless I'm like 90% efficiency in practice on it. Or yeah. 90. if I'm making this 90% in practice, then I'll do it in a game. Yeah. Yeah, he would. Yeah, it's psychotic. Yeah. Um, he was obviously not the number one center, but also like the number one personality mm-hmm. of anybody. Like he was the greatest. And it's sad that he's not on the team anymore. It's sad they didn't use him more for stuff like in the arena or let him in, do more interviews. Like what Steven Adams interviews like do you think of when he was with the Thunder where you're like, oh man, this was great when they did this. Like it was, honestly, it was like the Anthony Slater stash bros interview yeah that they let him do it, the best steven content was actually from like writers from i don't know if it was grantland back then or the ringer or like espn yeah when, when someone saw oh this steven adams guy is really interesting yeah and then they would just talk about him that was the best content it wasn't necessarily from yes something that the thunder pushed yeah fred wrote that piece about like his feet Right. A couple years ago. Anything about him was interesting. Yeah, he's the, the greatest. So, Chet has to be better than, than that crew. He's He's got a good chance to do it. He's got a good chance to do it. But you do, ha- you do kind of forget some of the stats that guys like Steven and Cantor put up. Mm-hmm. And so, statistically, you would think that he could do it pretty easily. But it's honestly a little bit taller of a mountain than I thought it would be like before we started like this exercise that's true um but to fit like he has the chance to like have the offensive game of like canter and like the defensive game of steven inside the skinniest body that you've ever seen oh i'll love to see it i can't wait to see it i think i think you could do it all right we'll be right back after this quick break looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, you got a Tayshawn's Factoid Victory? Tayshawn's Factoid Victory Mystery. Tayshawn's Factoid Victory Mystery. Jay in the chat which is not Jay on this podcast because he quit. Um, it's uh, I'm just joking when I say that, too. Um, he says when Stephen was asked about Cantor after he was traded, and he, he said he's not dead. He's not dead, mate. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. That's very funny. <laughs> hey, I'm Tayshawn. This is my victory victory. All right, a couple contract things have been in the news lately. I think they both came out yesterday. Yeah. One, the uh, Zion Williamson... The weight one. Yeah. Okay, so the details are... Hold on, let me just read this real quick. According to league sources, Williamson's contract stipulates that he will have weigh-ins periodically throughout the entirety of his new deal. The sum of his weight and body fat percentage must be below 295. If it is not, the amount of guaranteed money in Williamson's contract can be reduced. I've never heard of... uh, Actually, I have heard of that before, but now I'm blanking on who the player was. Who was it that kept coming into camp too fat? And uh, oh, Boris. Oh, Boris Diaw. But did they do that in his contract? I don't know. I don't know. There's guys that should have had it in the past. Boris right. is definitely one of them. Ty Lawson, I think, was one for a while. Ty <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, so that's very interesting. And then you had Kyler Murray on football. Did yeah. you hear about this? A little bit. I've, I'm so unplugged from the rest of the sports world sometimes. Well, I'll just give you the quick summary. Basically, they said like he has to do... Um, he had something in his contract that said he has to do more independent like studying of the playbook and, and, football oh, stuff, yeah, and okay. video and all yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he got really upset about it and had an impromptu press conference yesterday and talked about how disrespectful it was and, all, and whatever. Amazing. And then they took it out of his contract. This was all just yesterday. <laughs> He's kind of a whiny baby, Kyler. Anyway, so that just got me thinking about, okay, if we had contracts, what would be the stipulations in our contracts? Like, what would, what do we struggle with? What would we struggle with? Uh, cereal consumption. I was actually going to say for you it would be cereal. Yeah, they'd be like, man, we got you can't, you can't do a bowl in the morning, a bowl at night. Yeah. Like, that's just not okay. Yeah, that's like some Derrick Rose stuff where he ate candy all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be your thing. Yeah, Lamar Odom. Yeah. I think his well, nickname. Which one was for Lamar Odom? Candy. Yeah. He ate tons of candy, too. Yeah. Just like Skittles all the time. Uh, yeah, that would probably be mine. I'm trying to think what else it would what else it would be. Where they're like, you got to stop doing this. Um, no, it's, prob- it's probably cereal. Yeah. It's probably cereal for you. For me, you? it would be like 
dude, you have to work. You have to like work out more, or like you can't throw up every time you play. <laughs> like, you can't throw up <laughs> because you're out of shape. Because I would always look in shape, and then they'd run me out there, and I'd have to go throw up in a trash can. That was that's probably what mine would be. Would you do you work out at all? The only I play pickup. That's it. Yeah, I'm just so bad at work. If it's not fun to me, yeah, I will not do it. Yeah, I'm just not like. I'm not going to do it. Ever been to like a workout class? No, I won't commit to something like that. Yeah. It's easier to do a workout class because they just tell you what to do and you do it. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to think. I just don't want to drive. I would never be able to just drive myself there. Yeah. If I was in the NBA and it was, then of course I would do it because it'd be part of my job. And you'd have a coach just like say, do this, run this, you know, whatever. But like things that I've never been good at being disciplined about. That's why these guys hire trainers. Because like mm-hmm. that's the thing is like being disciplined is hard for everybody when it comes to stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Like they don't they hire these guys hire like professional trainers and it's their job to make them do this stuff because like as humans like we just we don't most don't want to just do that. Mm-hmm. I know like very few people in my adult life that just work out for the love of it and just like just do it. Like every day, I know yeah. I can think of one guy in my head right now that is like, yeah, that guy just he just works out because he he does. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, it's like, man, we gotta we gotta have some kind of motivator here or there, or somebody telling us what to do or whatever. Yeah, it would also be probably something about me not being involved in other projects like too many other projects yeah i think i would get like way too interested in all the other things around being a basketball player yeah and then be like okay you have to be a basketball i've player. had a hard time saying no to a lot of stuff i'm learning yeah. i'm learning to say no now but like yeah. before it's like i still say yes to probably too many things mm-hmm. with work but you know well sometimes you have to okay okay we're going to answer as many Twitter questions as we possibly can here in the next three minutes. In three minutes. Okay, right. Twitter questions. You've got questions and you ask them on Twitter. <laughs> now we answer them for you. All right, our first Twitter question comes from at DT. He asks, in the offseason, do you indulge in uh, any other sports? No. I don't either. Basketball uh, has a lot going on in the summer. Yeah. At Me Love Thundamo, Chip England has the, a reputation for being a shot fixer and was called in to be the quote-unquote fixer. What is the special skill each of you would be called in to fix? Hmm. Probably media stuff, like how players are talking to media. I think I would do media training. Communication. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not the best communicator, but I'm good at seeing if other people are bad, Mm -hmm. and then I can tell them. (laughs) That's a great answer. Um, At Thundereth Up, 
She says, what path did you take to get into press for the Thunder? Can we win the chip now? So this is a play on Chip England's kids' names are Press and Path. Uh, uh, and she put it all into one little sentence. Great job on that tweet. It was great. It's a great tweet. We really like that tweet. At L or J Langford writes, does the Thunder have an assistant GM? And if not, is it going to be Vince Rosman? Um, no, Vince is not a, an assistant GM. I would say so. Pulling up like the well, that's interesting Thunder because I did see tweets that he is now the assistant GM. So Who I'm said confused. That? Let me see. Hold on. Huh. Maybe I was just seeing tweets from people that didn't know what they were talking about, and they were just saying that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like, I mean, you could say he's an assistant GM if if you really want to, but like he's not. Um. I wouldn't say that he's an assistant GM. It's like Sam and then like Will Dawkins and Rob Hennigan are like the next guys. Those are probably, they're both VP of basketball ops. So if like they have a, they're not called assistant GMs. They're called vice president of basketball operations. And that's, it would be Will Dawkins and Rob Hennigan. Will Dawkins is a guy who held the job that's, that's below Will now. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are like the two like main guys. Um, so like Sam is like the executive vice president and general manager is his title. But the the guys that are like his right hand men are definitely Rob Hennigan and Will Dawkins. So um, those would be the quote unquote assistant GMs. Okay. So um, at underscore gray chicken underscore uh, if Chip England is a pioneer of naming children. What would each of you be the pioneer of? Oh, man. We're both pioneers of uh, Thunder podcasting. That's true. Um, let's see. At 69 and then some. Whoa. How can I calm my anxiety? I need to know more about that Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, how can I calm my anxiety over Oklahomans not wanting to invest in this team? He's talking about the arena, voting for the arena. I, I would say that there's a vocal ma- a minority that just is loud and just wants that wants to talk and wants their voice to be heard, just because they like to hear their own voice. And it yeah. th- this is going to pass, and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that's what I would say when it comes down to it. Um, at SF Demler, do you think that teams are going to try harder against the Thunder this season, specifically trying to body Chet in the post, which could be which we could see defensive rate see the defensive rating go down instead of up like everyone's projecting. Hmm. I mean, I can see teams, I can see players trying to take Chet just because it's like it's Chet, it's a big name. He's on Twitter a lot. He's in media a lot. Yeah. He's talked about a lot, so players are going to try to get him. So uh, I mean, last year they saw Isaiah Roby jumping at center for us, mm-hmm. and this year they're going to or Mike Muscala jumping at center for us or Baisley jumping at center for us. Now this year they're going to see Chet surrounded by Giddy and Shea. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good a good argument that teams are going to try harder yeah. against this team because there were first halves and second halves where like you saw teams like give up because they're like oh yeah we got this in the bag yeah. and the Thunder wouldn't stop. So I think it's an interesting one. Um, at not in public ed as a burned believer in Yi Jianlian, 
Can you share more about your comparison between him and Usman Jang? As a believer, should I be getting pumped? Or as a burn victim, should I be lowering my expectations? I just think like Yi was like this like non-physical, great offensive player coming out of China, and Us is like this non-physical, great offensive player coming out of France. So like those are like the comps, you know? Yeah. So same guy. So I would I would just caution you to have on expectations for Usman Jang. And it's like you don't have to have high expectations for a guy like Jang because you have actually very good players that you know are already very good that you can watch. And, and if it works on. out, great. Like you're in the money. Uh, two more questions. At Pepsi United wants to know who plays more minutes this year, Jang or Wiggins? Wiggins. At Zach Deeg for Andrew, theoretically, would you rather a major OKC trade break on your wife's birthday or your anniversary? Well, so, your wife's birthday is your birthday. It's basically the same day, though, because like we're both celebrating it both for one another. Right. So it just like doesn't... I, I've thought about this because my wife and I have the same birthday. My wife. My wife. I would just say it doesn't matter. Like both would be equally annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so because it's not just her day, it's your day, bro. But also, they're both in May and it's after the trade deadline and like during the playoffs and trades usually don't happen then, so it's never happened. Yep. Playoff games have occurred on both our birthday mm-hmm. and our anniversary. So those would be like the bigger bigger deals, but yeah. not for now. All right, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Bye. We'll be back on Monday. Bye.